Well, hi, and welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live differently than those in the world around us. And welcome to a very special Christmas episode, although this episode is going to be something that's applicable far beyond the Christmas season. It's something that's on my mind because of our theme this year at LBF Church. So if you're a part of Life Bible Fellowship Church um, and you've been coming on Sundays, we've been using this Advent season to talk about recovering the lost gifts or reco- recovering the stolen gifts that Jesus came to bring. And so the sermons have been about recovering stolen hope and stolen peace and stolen joy. And then Christmas Eve will be about recovering stolen love. And the whole idea is that Jesus came and he brought these gifts But even many of us who are believers, we're we're not living in the reality of them. Our hope has been stolen. Our peace is no longer with us. Our joy feels long gone and love is replaced by loneliness. And so we're talking about trying to recover those. Um, And and so one of the thoughts that went through my mind is, man, what if if our wildest dreams came true and and we as a church really succeeded in this? And and so so what if you're somebody who's a part of this church or or maybe just through other means, you're you're experiencing this recovery and we get to Christmas and you feel like, I I feel like I've recovered that lost love where uh, God still loved me. I, I wasn't experiencing it, but now I am. And now I really feel um, stable and solidified and joyful in the fact that I'm experiencing the love of God. Uh, the next step after that is saying, well, how do we keep that? How do we make sure it doesn't get re-stolen or re-lost? And so that led me to a passage in a little red book of the Bible called Jude. And so here's what I'm going to do. This is almost in some ways going to be more Bible study mode. And so uh, it might even be helpful if you're looking to get better at reading the Bible. Just we're going to go through two verses in Job that are going to talk about the whole idea of keeping ourselves in that reality of God's love. So it's Jude. Jude is just one chapter. So it's just Jude 20 and 21. I'll read them right now. It says, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Now, here's where the Bible study part uh, of it is going to come in. Um, If if you read those words in the NIV, which is a great translation um, of these verses right here, um, and if you're listening carefully, you might think, all right, that there are like four things going on in that verse. Um, he, He talked about building yourselves up in your most holy faith. He talked about praying in the Holy Spirit. He talked about keeping yourself in God's love. And he talked about waiting for God's mercy um, and the eternal life that he's going to bring. So four things. Um, That's actually not what's going on in this passage. There's one command, one command in this passage. It's clear in the English. It's clear in the Greek also. The one command is how verse 21 starts. Keep yourselves in God's love. That is the command in these verses. Everything else is is just subject to that. Keep yourselves. Jude is speaking to people and saying, keep yourselves in God's love. Um, and just to be clear that there's a little bit of ambiguity where some people say, well, does he mean keep ourselves loving God or keep ourselves sort of in the reality of God's love? And almost certainly it's the second one. Almost certainly because of how Jude flows and it also kind of because of the grammar, what he's saying is keep yourselves in the experience, in the reality, in the proper response to the fact that God loves you. Recover that lost love 
and then keep yourselves in it. Um, and, and so if you're thinking about what I just said, you might say, all right, but, but there were kind of four things he talked about there, but, but there's one command, what's going on with the other three? Well, the other three in the Greek are participles. What that basically means is they are ways the, to modify this command. So, so here it is. Big command, keep yourselves in God's love. And then he tells us three ways that we do that. And that's so great because you might hear that at the beginning and say, well, keep myself in God's love. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Is that more emotional? Is that more action-oriented? Is that more intellectual? How, how do I keep myself in God's love? Well, he tells us in these verses, three things we do to keep ourselves in God's love. So this is great for Christmas as we're talking about keeping ourselves in the reality of the love that God gave us when he gave us his son but it's also great for any time of the year that you're beginning to feel like, I, I, I don't know what happened, but I am having a hard time believing that God truly loves me. So three ways in this passage that he talks about keeping ourselves in God's love, um, by building ourselves up, by praying, and by waiting. And let's we'll walk through each of these. So first way that we keep ourselves in God's love is that he says, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Um, now, if you're like me, here's how you probably hear this and respond to that. You, you probably start to think, all right, I'm supposed to build myself up in my most holy faith. So how do I, how do I build myself up? Um, is it primarily through Bible reading? Is there something else that I need to do to build myself up. It it seems almost like a weird thing to say, all right, it's, the language is a little odd. We don't really see that at other places in the Bible. I, I'm supposed to build myself up. Um, that is a very Western 21st century response. And I'll totally admit, in first going through that, this passage, that was my initial response. Um, I ran into a great quote from Peter Davids in his, um, in his commentary on 2 Peter and Jude, because those two typically go together. And here's what he says about this verse. He says, what is clear is that the building is collective. It is not that the individual follower of Jesus is to build himself or herself up, but that the followers of Jesus, individually and together, are to build the community of Jesus up. The building up contrasts with the activity of the teachers Jude opposes who divide and split the community. So here's what's going on here. He says, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. And automatically, so many of us translate that into saying, all right, how do I, as Dan Franklin, build myself up? And I think Jude would respond and say, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you build yourself up. I'm saying you all build yourselves up. In other words, build one another up. We're all a part of a church family. We're all a part of the community of Jesus. So the command to build yourself up is not you go build yourself up. It's be a part of the community where you are building one another up. Um, we, we are so set on the individual in Western and especially American society that we can miss the deep significance. It is very, very difficult to believe that God loves you unless you're experiencing love from someone else. It, I'm not saying it's impossible, but man, it's difficult. Um, we had something happen yesterday. Um, that as I'm recording this, it was just yesterday um, that a, a, a woman from our church was going through a trial, came in, and a bunch of us got to gather around her and pray for her. Um, and it was, to me, it, it was so moving to see how impacted she was 
by us doing something that didn't feel heroic to the rest of us, just taking 20 minutes, gathering around, showing her care, praying, bearing her burdens with her. She was so deeply moved by it. Um, and, and one of the things that just stood out to me in the aftermath of that is saying, gosh, what I hope is happening and what I think is happening is that in this moment, she's getting a glimpse of just how deeply God loves her and that that's easier for her to believe because she's with a bunch of flesh and blood people that clearly love her, that clearly care deeply about her and are willing to do things to show that love. One of the things that I pray, um, I, I would say every Sunday, I think I think every Sunday when we get ready for our church services here at LBF Church is I pray that the way that we greet people who are sort of taking a step of faith by showing up, that they, they, they don't feel deeply connected, they're down, maybe they woke up saying, do I go, do I not go, that, that pe people like that, the way that we receive them and the way that we welcome them will communicate to them that us being so glad that they're there is a picture of how glad Jesus is that they're there. Uh, th this is the way it works in family also, that in, that in family, ideally, you have an experience where a family's not perfect, but you know that you're loved, and you know that you're loved even when you're not very lovable, and that that gives you the ability to believe, maybe this is possible, maybe God could love me. Build yourselves up in the love of God. So, so this is significant for two reasons. As we're heading past Christmas and heading into the new year, um, there might be some of you that your association with uh, our church, or or maybe you're in a different place listening to this, or your, your association with another church, um, is kind of nominal, is, is kind of casual, where you're like, eh, I show up on Sundays when I can. Um, and you might've even bought into the idea of saying like, I, I don't know that I really need to like show up on Sundays. I, I can get a great sermon online. I can listen to music. I can try to connect with other friends, maybe here and there. What I just wanna say is make it one of your goals and make it one of your um, initiatives of 2024 to invest more deeply in the church that God has called you to be a part of. Um, it is very hard to experience God's love when you're just watching a church service on your phone or on your TV, when you're with flesh and blood people, when you're with people who can greet you, who can hug you, who can ask about what's going on with you, who can pray with you and who can carry your burdens together, that's of such deep significance. And, and even if you're listening to this and you're saying, yeah, I, I feel like I'm okay. All right, well, maybe you're okay. Maybe somebody else is not okay. You are part of the command to build others up in their most holy faith. So if you're staying distant, and if you're just saying, I don't feel like I really need it, you are robbing Jesus' church of the role that he has called you to play in all of this. Keep yourselves in God's love by building one another up. And that also means that those of us who are an active part of the body of Christ, we need to be constantly on the lookout, looking out for people that are down, people that are struggling, or, or maybe people that seem to be doing fine, but just looking for opportunities to build others up, and in particular, to make it easier for them to believe God's deep love for them with our words, with our prayers, with our actions. So keep yourselves in the love of God by building yourselves up in your most holy faith. That's the first way that we keep ourselves in God's love. And the second way that we keep ourselves in God's love is through prayer. He says, praying in the Holy Spirit, which is just in a sense saying that we are praying 
in the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We're not praying to just any vague God. We're praying to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul talks about the idea in 1 Corinthians 12 that the way that we're capable of saying Jesus is Lord is by the Holy Spirit. So he's just contextualizing that, that we're not just praying vaguely to God, we are praying to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Man, we know this about relationships, but if you want to experience somebody's love in a relationship, you gotta talk to them. You got to spend time with them. You share what's going on in your life. You listen to them with our relationship with God. If we want to experience God's love, we're not going to get there without prayer being one of the major components of getting there. At LBF Church in 2023, we spent a lot of time talking about prayer. We, we did a full series on the Lord's Prayer. We've emphasized a lot from up front. We've tried to find ways to facilitate prayer in our personal lives, with our families, with our church, um, together when we're there on Sundays. We've, we've promoted prayer walks. We've done a lot of things to try to make prayer more a part of our everyday lives. Because when we pray, we experience union with God. And, and prayer, if you're like me, it's hard um, to look at prayer uh, as something that's anything other than a task that you're supposed to do. Um, and I really, I, I really want to say for me, even still in my life, I, I feel like I've grown a lot in my prayer life, but still my, my default setting is to look at the idea and say, all right, I really am supposed to pray. I really don't feel like it, but I'm supposed to pray. Um, but one of the things I want to invite you to is to think of time in prayer as time where you are putting yourself in a position to be loved by God. Um, Yes, there are other parts of prayer with the requests and the confession, but overall, we are communing with God, which means we are putting ourselves in a position to experience and receive God's love for us. And I'll say, in my prayer life, there's at least two ways that I regularly experience this. And it's, first of all, when I'm confessing my sins and really putting my faith in God's forgiveness through Jesus' sacrifice, and when I'm bringing my burdens to God. Um, I was doing this just earlier this morning. There were some things weighing me down that I was feeling stressed, even thinking about it right now, my back is tensing up a little bit again. Um, and I was able to bring those burdens to God. As First Peter 5 talks about the idea that we cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. That is God's love in experience. And so if you're looking at your life and you're saying, gosh, it's hard for me to believe that God loves me, man, you gotta pray. You got to pray. And as you're looking at this new year, maybe one of the things that you should do is that you should figure out a way to set aside regular times for prayer. Maybe it's 10 minutes. Maybe you're like, I, I know I've recommended a half hour. Maybe you're like, I don't know if I'm quite there for a half hour. That sounds daunting. Man, maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's 10 minutes. Don't, don't get caught on that. Look to set aside enough time that you can spend time with God and that you can put yourself in a position, maybe even start your prayer this way. Say, God, I need to be loved by you right now, and I've come to be loved by you. That doesn't mean that you're ignoring other elements of prayer, but it means that you're putting yourself in a position to say, God, I need your love. I want to keep myself in your love, as you talked about, and I'm going to do that by praying in the Holy Spirit. We keep ourselves in God's love by building ourselves up in our most holy faith, which means building one another up and being built up by others in our most holy faith. We do it by praying in the Holy Spirit to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in Jesus' name, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the third is that we do this 
by waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring us to eternal life, which is talking about waiting for the return of Jesus. Um, there are different passages where, where our, um, the return of Jesus is put this way, and even the idea of our salvation and eternal life is put this way, that we have been saved, but Jesus will return, and then he will save us. We have received mercy, but when Jesus returns, we will really receive the fullness of that mercy. And that's what Jude is talking about here, the idea that we're waiting for the return of Jesus. Um, now, now, we keep ourselves in God's love by waiting for the return of Jesus, because as we're waiting for the return of Jesus, we are putting ourselves in a position where our hope and our expectations are fully in him. We are focused on him, so we are keeping ourselves in his love. And, and you know, the, there's different ways that we might think about the idea of waiting. And the idea that, that Jude is talking about here is very active waiting. And uh, I'll try to give an illustration of this. Um, so a couple months ago, my wife uh, went away for about 10 days. Um, she got to go on a great trip with her sister. Um, it was overseas, and so she was gone for about 10 days. Um, as she was, as it was getting closer to the time that she was going to be returning, I, I could have taken one of two tactics with waiting for her to return. I could have taken a more passive tactic of saying, hey, she's on plane, that plane is going to come back, she's going to make it back. I could even say like, hey, she'll get an Uber or she'll find a way home and eventually she'll be back. And when she walks in the door, I'll say, hey, you're back. Or I could take a more active form of waiting, which is that I can make plans about what I'm going to do when I'm going to go pick her up from the airport. I can be tracking her flight just to sort of make sure that I'm ready for all of that. I can look to get the house ready so that when she comes home, it's not a disaster area where just three guys have been living there because one of my sons is off at college. So just my other two sons and me have just been living there and in, in filth during that time. I can make sure to have things cleaned up. I can look to get her something nice to give her at the airport. I can look to set up things so that I'm not only actively waiting where, where I'm thinking about her as she's getting ready to come home, but where I'm looking to prepare for her return. Jude is talking about active waiting. Now, we all know this. We don't know the date. We don't know the time. So we can't check like the flight status, how close is Jesus to returning. That, so that part of the analogy doesn't work. But what does work is for us to say, first of all, we're eagerly excited about this so he's on our mind jesus is going to come back and with him is it's going to be this great experience of mercy and eternal life he's going to usher in the new earth resurrected bodies we, we, we're going to get what we've been longing for we are waiting for the return of jesus so we're thinking about him and also we're setting our lives up in a way that is just preparing his way that is welcoming his return so that when he returns we'll be ready First John, the, the end of First John chapter 2 and the beginning of First John chapter 3 talk a little bit about the return of Jesus. Uh, and John previews the idea of that we want to be unashamed at his coming. Sort of, we, we want to be eagerly excited about him coming, not ashamed because of the way that we're living, that we're saying, oh gosh, of all the times to come back, here's how I'm living. We, we want to live in a way that reflects that we're anticipating Jesus' return, which impacts how we do money, it means we hold loosely to money and hold loosely to things in this world and possessions because we know that they're temporary and our real hope is set in Jesus. It means that we do battle against sin in order to prize Jesus supremely. It means that we're actively using our gifts and that we're actively sharing the gospel because we're living in a way that shows that we believe that King Jesus is coming back and that one day he will come back. And man, we're so excited for him to come back. Part of how we keep ourselves in God's love is by eagerly awaiting 
and therefore adjusting our lives in light of the fact that Jesus is coming back. So this Christmas time, as we're looking to recover that lost love, as we're looking to be in a place where we really do believe it, we really do believe God's deep love for us, and we experience joy because of that deep love, we want to move forward keeping ourselves in God's love. And we want to do that by building ourselves up in our most holy faith. We want to do that by praying in the Holy Spirit. And we want to do that by waiting for the mercy that Jesus will bring and the eternal life that he will bring when he returns. Um, well, I, I want to say Merry Christmas. Um, by the time we post it, it'll be right before Christmas. Some of you might see it in the aftermath. Um, Merry Christmas. I hope it's wonderful. I hope it's joyful. And I hope that the main thing that you're excited about this Christmas season is not necessarily an event or a gift, but the main thing that you're excited about is that you are experiencing renewed amounts of hope and peace and joy and love from God. These gifts that he gave us in Jesus, that you're experiencing them more and more. And my prayer is that we all will keep ourselves in God's love moving forward. If you have comments, questions, feedback, anything like that on this video, you can feel free to leave a comment here. We post all the videos of The Christian Contrast to our YouTube channel for Life Bible Fellowship Church and also on our website, lbf.church. So if you're just discovering The Christian Contrast podcast now and if you feel like this is helpful to me, you can go back and look at all of our back episodes. We, we've got a ton of them because we put out a new episode every two weeks. And so we will be back with another episode in two weeks. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.